Hey, I'm Cliff Carey, and this is the Backshed Bible Study. It's summer 2022, which means I am somewhere out and about in these United States on my sabbatical with my wife and kids just having an amazing time. But you know what? Before I left, I sat down and had some great interviews, and today you get to see one of those. It's going to be Eric Upton. Eric grew up at Sunrise and uh, came through youth ministry here, became a youth pastor, uh, got married, had kids, and God has just done some neat things in Eric's life over the last several years, and you get to hear about about those this week and next week. That's right, it's a two-part interview. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Backshed Bible Study. Well, good morning. I am uh, here today with Eric Upton. And Eric is an old friend, a what, what some like to call a son of sunrise. I love that expression, uh, but a uh, a guy that grew up at Sunrise and is out there doing it in the world, like God's just using you, uh, Eric. Welcome to the welcome to my shed. I love it. I'm I'm honored to be in the shed with you, it's, and through the power of technology, we both fit. And here and and we both fit. And and I got to tell you, uh, you know Josh Harton, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I brought Josh in the shed one time. Physically in, in the shed. Physically wow. in the shed. It was hot. We were sweating. It was <laughs> awful. And uh, so I like vow that my guests don't, really should not have to come to the shed. Uh, but that's hard. You're in Arizona. Yeah, I'm used to heat. So uh, your shed would probably be a welcome vacation compared to what we're entering into. <laughs> exactly. Um, so help us to get to know you a little bit. I would love for, uh, give, just give us a little introduction of, you know, the last 20 years of your life or something like that. And, uh, you know, starting at your time at Sunrise and, and on from there. And then I've got a, I got a few questions to ask you. Some burning questions here this morning. Yeah. A brief synopsis of the last 20 years. A brief synopsis. Shouldn't take any time at all, uh, for sure. So, yeah, um, my family started going to Sunrise in 93. Um, And so I was a a third grader at the time. We uh, came over to Sunrise from another church in the area and um, right away just made uh, really incredible connections. Um, The Sunrise at that point had a just an awesome children's ministry program that uh, was able to kind of take us through. And then um, from there went into um, the the junior high and the high school program with uh, Perry and with Carlo. And that's um, when honestly, I met you. That's when, yeah, that's when we met. And um, I would say uh, the most formative time for me was definitely that six year period when I got into mm-hmm. seventh grade and I uh, got to meet Perry. Um, I don't know why he did this, uh, looking back and thinking about who I was in seventh grade. Um, that man has some patience. That man had a call on his life yep. and he was willing to walk that out. Uh, because I, seventh grade was the first time I started homeschooling. And so I had nothing but time on my hands. And I just believed that the youth pastor was my friend. You and were so that I remember kid. I was that kid. Oh, like I would awesome. show up early. I would stay late. I would show up on off days. I know and, that and kid. Every youth pastor had that kid. And um, I was asking questions. He would do Bible study. I remember we would meet up at Carl's Jr. I think on like Tuesday or Wednesday mornings. 
and it's like 10 30 in the morning and this dude's ordering a double bacon western cheeseburger while we're walking through discipleship stuff and i'm over there mowing down on these cheeseburgers and i i can't imagine what perry was thinking and not saying at that point but um it, it had i, I to be still feel that way about perry <laughs> yeah i i think uh I think that's still par for the course. So um, he is but, he is so good. I, oh my gosh, he is just an amazing man of God that truly loves people right where they are. Yes, and he does it well yes, with zero agenda really well. yep. and and zero expectation. He just gives them, and that for me was the right thing at the right time in the right way. What what right. Perry modeled was such. Um, a gift from the Lord, uh, because that was one of my most formative times. And I had a man who, who took me under his wing and, and just taught me a lot about scripture and, and a, a lot about God and walking with the Lord and processing stuff. And then, you know, you go from there and you step into ministry with Carlo, um, who's another discipleship hearted right. man. And um, again, just for whatever reason, he took me under his wing and I got to be uh, a part of um, some of the inner workings of the ministry. And, and those two things, I didn't know it at the time, but they became um, probably the most pivotal influences in me uh, for stepping into ministry. Um, I just had no idea that's what God was doing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought they were cool youth pastors who led cool youth groups that um, I had special access to. And uh, so after graduating high school, um, you know, I, I thought I was going to go into film production. Uh, that was my goal. Um, I was I was not only the kid who would show up and be at all the things at all the times, but I was also the kid who would show up with a camera to those. Things. And I would just film stuff and make dumb, stupid videos. I praise God that YouTube was not a thing when right. I was growing up because the amount of stuff I would have been canceled for um, is incredibly high. So good news none of that is out in the world uh to my knowledge but um yeah uh so after high school i was going to go into film production um got accepted to a college in portland oregon uh they called us said hey you're accepted it's a three-year program first one based off of nyu's program it's going to be ninety thousand dollars um my parents didn't have that i didn't have that and i remember this conversation with my mom i was really excited to me like i didn't have this concept of like money and finances and college and how all that worked Right. But she had a real serious conversation. She said, listen, I love you, um, but I don't $90,000 love you. Um, so <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do, but I know we're not going to do that. And then, uh, you know, she was really encouraging. She said, listen, if film production is important to you, the only way to get there isn't just through school. You can figure it out. I believe in you. Mm-hmm. And so I started hunting down production studios and isn't getting on as many that, sets as possible. That is amazing. When I When I think about... Just the power of a of a mom that says, "I believe in you. You can do it." Right? It was my uh, my mom. My mom and dad um, are two of the most incredible God sent people um, that that I know, and I'm I'm so grateful for them. But yeah, my mom she she looked at me and she said, "Listen, this isn't going to happen, but that doesn't mean what you want won't right. happen. You just have to figure it out." So I was driving down the road one day and there was a Subaru outback in front of me and on the back of it had this huge decal that said Mantis Productions. And so I follow this dude to his bank and I get out of my car. I walk up to his driver's side window while he's at one of those like drive through, like, like he's going to deposit money and I'm approaching this dude's oh, driver's this- side window and I'm thinking to myself, okay, 
be as least criminal appearing as possible. And there's no good way to do that. Um, so I walk up to him. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to freak you out. I saw your sticker. When you say production, do you mean like film and stuff or like something different? He's like, no, I make, I make movies. I make films. I was like, awesome. Can I work for you? I'm trying to learn. And he's like, uh, here's my card. Come by the office on Monday and, and we'll talk. So I went by the office and I ended up learning how to edit videos and shoot films. And we did all kinds of stuff. And, and I worked for him for free. But I got so much. But you got access, your experience. All the experience. But in that process, I also discovered this isn't what I want to do. Um, oh. I enjoy it, but I'm not fulfilled by it. And and it was this weird time in my life where I'm like, but I thought this was it. But it wasn't it. So, so let me ask you this: what was what was the allure? Like, what was it that? I mean, let me let me go back 35 yeah. years for a second. Um, yeah, more than that. Um, I saw a movie in 1986 mm -hmm. called Top Gun, and uh, and and I was determined to become a naval aviator because of that movie. Yeah, you know, and I tried yeah. as hard as I could to get into the Navy and flight school, and failed miserably at everything. <laughs> and God said, "Uh, uh you know." So is it is yep. it that kind of thing? It, um, you know what it it kind of was. Um, no one's. No one's ever asked the question of like, what was it about filmmaking that drew you in? So this is like the first time I've thought about it. Um, and what you just said kind of triggered something in me. So honestly, what I think it was that drew me into filmmaking was the opportunity to tell stories that would impact lives. Mm. Um, and, I, and I understand that terminology is really common right now. Like tell stories that impact lives or like just even the impact lives thing. It's like this big catch all like, I want to do something that matters kind of language. For me, it wasn't like, oh, I want to tell like Christian stories or I want to tell biblical truth stories or, you know, I want to make a movie about Jesus. Like none of that was true. Like I just wanted to make good stories. There was something about storytelling that just lit something up inside of me. When I could tell a story and I watched it capture the attention of other people, I think that's what really uh, resonated with me and then to gather which, a team around that process yeah. and make it happen that was exciting for me well in which ultimately you know you know hindsight's 2020 but i can you know look forward several years in your life and watch how god really gifted you in that area uh very specifically and use it use it in reaching people you know whether it's through video or online or whatever you know yeah it's it's one of those things, like I said, with Perry and Carlo. Um, so what happened next in my life, it, you know, a few years go by and, um, you know, a lot of people talk about their call in the ministry and, and mine was quite literally a call into ministry. I was at my house, uh, still not sure what I was going to do. I was uh, floundering around um, uh, community college. Uh, you know, do I want to do communication? So I want to do marketing. Nothing was exciting me and I was just wasting money and wasting time at community college. You're welcome ARC and Sierra College. You have so much of my money that you probably don't deserve, but there you go. Um, and so I'm, I'm making chicken nuggets and tater tots in my kitchen one afternoon. And a friend calls me up and she says, hey, um, are you still volunteering in your church's youth group? Because at that point I graduated high school, I was in college, I was volunteering um, now under Perry um, in the, the junior high ministry. Yeah. And, um, and I said, yeah. And she says, well, um, I've got a friend who's starting a, a church and they're looking for a youth guy. And you were the first person I thought of. So I want to call you and see if that might interest you. 
um, if you'd ever be willing to like, I don't know, get, get paid for something like that. I was like, hold on. You mean they pay people to do that? And she's like, yeah, do you want, do you want to meet this guy? I'm like, wait, they pay people to do this? So I meet up uh, with this pastor um, in Lincoln uh, yep. for coffee. And um, he tells me a little bit about his church and he asks me about youth ministry. He starts asking these complicated questions like, what's your philosophy of youth ministry? And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I'll tell you what was done for me and what I would do if I was in the same situation. And so all I did was regurgitate what Perry did for me, right? like back to this guy. And he's like, that's incredible. And I'm like, well, thank you. Um, and then he's like, so what would you do with this? And I'm like, thinking back, and I'm like, well, let me regurgitate back to you what Carlo did for me. And, and I talked about that. And he's like, you're perfect. So he uh, invites me and my girlfriend at the time to meet him up for sushi a week later. We meet for sushi, hang out with his family, hang out with his kids. And um, that night he offered me the job to be the, the youth pastor at his church. Oh, wow. And um, my, my girlfriend and I had been dating for uh, four weeks at that point in time. And uh, the irony of this is uh, she's now my wife. Okay, now good. Have I, four I was kids. hoping that's how this yeah, would turn out. That's, that's how this turned out. So the crazy part is, um, she's three years younger than me. We started dating right after she graduated high school. She's also from Sunrise. Uh, some may know her. Christina Springer uh, is who I married. And wow. um, oh, that's right. Yeah, you know you... Mark and Joanna Springer. Yeah. Yep. yep. So she graduated high school. I was about to turn twenty-one, and I knew how that looked to a prospective father. So I went out to. I don't even think he knows this. So hopefully he'll never see this. But um, I asked Mark to join me for coffee. Uh, so I could ask for his blessing to pursue his daughter because I wanted to honor him. Yeah. I'm about to be 21. His daughter is six months away outside of 18. So I, I get it. Yeah. Um, now as a dad of daughters, I'm like, I don't know There's what no he way. was thinking. There's not a chance. Not a chance. Anyways, I take him out to coffee and I, I, I type up a resume for dating his daughter. And on that resume, I, I want to be imp as impressive as possible, right? So on that resume, and I believe this was prophetic, but I didn't know it at the time. Uh -huh. I type on there, um, uh, future aspirations. And I'm like, I'm thinking about going to William Jessup University to pursue a degree in ministry and maybe look at that. That was all fluff. <laughs> like, I just want him to think highly of me and say yes, because I'm really infatuated with his daughter. So I hand him the resume. He looks at it. I kid you not, Cliff. He says yes. We start dating middle of June. By August, I was hired as a youth pastor and enrolled in full-time school at William Jessup University. I had zero intention of that happening. And yet there it was. And so, um, yeah, I started youth ministry in um, 2006 yeah. uh, as a youth pastor with zero clue what I was doing. And a year into that job is when it, it hit me. It took me a year before I realized this is it. Um, I was standing on a Sunday morning in front of our group of students. We had about um, 15 at the time. We're in this little atrium at uh, Lincoln Elementary School off of 12 Bridges. And we're standing there and I'm preaching to the kids and I asked this question. I said, um, who, parted, who parted the Red Sea? Kid shoots up his hand like, I know. And he says, Jesus. And I'm like, well, theologically you could argue that. Like, I get that. Like, you, you could argue that. <laughs> but technically, no. I'm like, it, it wasn't, it, it was Moses. And, and so, but it, in that moment, I had this realization, like, I went into ministry assuming that all churches were sunrise. And all students yeah. had a sunrise-like experience. Yeah. 
And in that moment, I realized that's not the case. It's not the case. No. And so I had I had two epiphanies at once. Number one, yeah. these kids aren't where I thought they were. And number two, Sunrise was one of the most incredibly anointed places for leadership, discipleship, and the development of future generations. And and at that yep. moment, I decided I'm going to take everything that was put into me and I'm going to give that away as best as I can to that's, these kids. That's huge. And, you know, I mean, and I've got to tell you, too, that that is actually one of the things that most attracted me to coming to Sunrise, you know, years later was having yeah. watched all of you that Perry and Carlo had discipled through and in, and you can go down the list of the volunteers yeah. um, over the years that were a part of that. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. That, that God brought along and, and truly discipled people up into all kinds of things, you know, not just professional ministry kind of yeah. spots like we're in, but, um, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I had, I had, I mean, you, th you mentioned the volunteers and that's a, that's a huge deal to me. Cause I, I understand like, it's easy to point at Perry and Carlo, but I think both, if you were to talk to both of those men, they would tell right. you without the team that we had around us of the caring and loving adults that were willing to spend their extra time on these students, that the ministries wouldn't be where they are. You know, like yeah. Qu Quinn Eichhorst, like, yeah, oh, I bothered man. Perry, but Quinn was the one who taught me how to play guitar. I still right. kind of suck at it, but I know GCD and I can lead most 90s you, songs you with can those do 90 chords of and the strum pattern. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and a lot of those are coming back now, which is great because I'm like, yeah, bring those back. I can play with you. I can't do the newfangled Hillsong stuff with the minor chords, but if you GCD, I, I, can, I can hang. Like, and throw, can in, throw in an E minor in there and you've got it throw, all. Yeah, you got a good mix, but um randy pels was another guy who oh, came yeah. in when we were freshmen in high school and and poured into us i tell stories about um jeff and brent erke yeah. consistently um one of my favorite jeff erke stories is um my my first day in high school as a freshman i'm filling up a cup of lemonade and i thought jeff was a staff member because uh, he was just so much taller than me and seemed so much more mature and i remember standing there just nervous as heck when he was standing next to me, wait to fill his cup up with like Gatorade or lemonade or whatever it was. And he, he stands next to me and he says, hey, I'm Jeff. I'm like, hi, I'm Eric. Are you one of the leaders here? He's like, no, I'm a senior. And, uh, and he says, here, let me introduce you to some of my friends. And he walks me around and he introduces me to a bunch of seniors. Yep. And then fast forward a couple of months, there's this thing called celebration at First Covenant yeah, up Dan, the road. And I actually yeah. had um, Dan Palmer um, here on on Backshed a few weeks back, and we were talking about the the days oh of celebration gosh. when it was going crazy. So good, and I had a group of juniors and seniors who could drive, willing to take me every oh, Sunday that's night good. That's with really them good. to celebration. And a number of them were willing to cut their evenings short because they had later curfews than I do, uh -huh. and they would take me to home get you home. I had a time. nine p.m. curfew. Good job, yep. Springers. Oh, wait, oh my no, gosh! No, not not, not even the Springers. Like the the Erky, like yeah. Jeff, Jeff modeled for me the epitome of hospitality and and welcoming without requirements. Well, um, and I can tell Jeff's story too because I remember visiting Sunrise one time, and and I think Jeff may have been a freshman in college at this point. I think he yeah. was working. Um, 
he may have been working in junior high ministry at the time. Yeah. But I had visited. I was hanging out with Jeff. And as I'm walking back out to the parking lot, I'll never forget this. He just stopped and said, all right, Cliff, it's, you know, thanks so much for being here. It was great to see. Great to see you. Hey, can I pray for you? And, you know, and here's this, you know, 18, 19 yeah. year old <laughs> that takes the time to stop yep. and pray for me. And I'm like, you were discipled by Carlo. <laughs> oh, 100 percent. Like he was friends with a freshman who had nothing to offer him. Yeah. And when I became a senior in high school. I made a conscious decision to be the Jeff Erke for someone else. That's cool. And, um, and that, he's that another one I've deal. had on here too. That's good. Uh, good. Yeah. yeah. He's worth it. So, and, and like the list goes on and on. So, um, I spent four years doing middle school ministry, junior high and high school ministry at that small startup church. We grew from, uh, that first Sunday we had three students. Two of them were the daughters of the pastor and they had a friend spend the night. So that was the third. And um, we ended up growing that ministry out of our garage in an elementary school into like 30, 40 kids um, and just had an incredible time of making mistakes and doing dumb things yeah. and figuring it out along the way. Right. And it was beautiful. And, and have people um, that are willing to issue you the grace along oh the way gosh. when you're making those mistakes. Yeah. Listen, if anyone out there has a young youth pastor that they just keep looking at and slapping themselves in the face, like, why would you do that? Like, just give them so much grace yeah. um, and, and then lovingly guide them along. Invest like, into them. Right. Please do. I mean, I'll never books, forget the conferences, everything. Yeah. When I was a 19 year old youth intern or 20 year old youth intern, I remember I was, I was a punk in some yeah. ways. And, and I loved the fact that there was a, a dad from one of the kids in the youth group that took me out to breakfast and he told me how much he loved me and appreciated me. And he said, and hey, you might want, might want to work on these areas, you know? And he just lovingly yep. worked with me through that. And that, I mean, that's who I need to be for these young guys that are coming up, you know, in ministry yeah. today. Yeah, because it, it, when you're entering into a situation where you um, even vaguely understand the level of responsibility yeah. and um, depth of importance, but you also at the same time realize how like out of out of your depth you are yeah um man it's it's an intimidating place to be and then everyone looks at you like you're just supposed to know what's going on and right. what to do and make the right decisions and i remember driving to hume lake at that church a bunch of students to winter camp yeah i remember um, you coming was, up oh man so i remember we rented uh three SUVs, biggest vehicles I've ever driven at, at the time, just these massive SUVs. And we're going up the hill and this cloud layer descends on the hill. You could not see the end of your hood on these. And I'm white knuckling it up. And all I'm thinking is if I go over the side of the mountain and I don't die, they will finish the job for sure. I mean, you end up doing so many things as a youth pastor on your way to figuring it out. So anyways, from there, um, ended up getting hired at, at Bridgeway in 2010. And um, in late uh, 2015, my wife had a dream um, from the Lord. And uh, in that dream, she heard the Lord say, uh, I'm going to change something this year. Get ready. And we didn't know what it was. We made a list of what we thought it could be. We thought, well, maybe we'll move houses. Maybe um, I'm going to take a new position at Bridgeway. Um, maybe we're going to, um, God's going to shift us out of Bridgeway into another church, which really scared us because, um, Bridgeway was our dream church yeah, and, oh, yeah. and we loved it. Um, and then we thought maybe, um, 
maybe God's going to move us uh, not just to a new church, but to a, a whole different place. And that one we, we figured was so unlikely that we just put it out of our mind. Um, but throughout 2016, we kept getting calls out of the blue from churches and ministries from all over the country. And our prayer the entire time was, God, if you're in it, um, then, then make that clear to us. And here's how we'll know. We're going to say yes and go as far through every process as mm. we can. But the moment you decide it's not right, close the door, close the door. and we will Scoot. not even push on it. We will not touch yeah. it. We won't do anything with it. We'll just drop and walk away. So we had a church in Texas call and they were interviewing. They're like, we really like you. Take these personality tests. Took the test, sent them back off. They never called me again. They were like, okay, that's either a shut door or I don't have a personality. I don't know which. Um, we had a church. Y'all, y'all in, just didn't have the right personality. <laughs> y'all didn't have the right. Yeah, we weren't Texas enough. Um, so we uh, we had a church in, in Washington call um, and interview us about being a campus pastor and I started asking questions. They called back a week later and they're like, hey, your questions were so good. We took them to the eldership team and we came out realizing that God actually wasn't calling us to launch other campuses. Thank you so much. But we also have to let you know we no longer have a position for you. So we'll talk to you later. We're like, hey, glad we could help. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> can, can I have a consulting fee? <laughs> yeah, I, sh- I should have had I known. Um, so, and then another one in near Seattle called and we got close with that one for a young adults position. And, um, when we started talking about the financial piece to move us out to Seattle, Washington, we're like, yeah, we just don't have that in the budget. We're like, not a problem. That's okay. And, uh, the end of 2016 was coming and we thought, well, we must've heard God wrong. Uh, maybe we heard the right thing, but interpreted it wrong. Right. And, um, so then, um, I got a call out of the blue from a church called, um, CCV. Um, and, uh, they're in, uh, Phoenix, Arizona and, um, had never heard of them before. And they said, Hey, we, we got your number from a mutual friend, uh, named Jim Burns. And, uh, we oh, want to talk Jim to you Burns. about this position. Yeah. I love so, that dude. guy. Great dude. Um, so I'd been pursuing a master's degree, uh, through Azusa Pacific got University it. and Jim was one of the guys in charge yep. of it. So he passed my information along to CCD and they reached out and, um, I thought it was the biggest joke in the world. I'm like, I'm not moving to Phoenix. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I'm not interested in the job that you're talking to me about. I'll tell you that right now. And uh, But I said I would be obedient to the Lord, so let's go through this process. Well, there you have it. I uh, left that as a little bit of a cliffhanger for you uh, to wait and see what happened. Uh, did they move to Arizona? Did they not? You know, you'll, you'll hear the rest of the story. If you come back next week on The Back Shed, tune in and you'll get to hear uh, the rest of an amazing story that Eric shared uh, with me and all of you. So thank you for joining us today. We'll look forward to seeing you next week back here in The Back Shed. Thank you for joining me for The Back Shed Bible Study Podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. The Backshed is hosted by yours truly, Cliff Carey, and is a ministry of Sunrise Community Church in Fair Oaks, California. The Backshed Bible Study can be viewed live every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Facebook at facebook.com slash sunrisecommunityonline. All video episodes are also available at youtube.com slash sunrisecommunitychurch. For more information about Sunrise and its ministries, go to www.sunrise.church. We hope you're able to join us again next time here in the Backshed.